Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we're continuing with our series on biblical prosperity. We saw in part one that it is God's will to prosper us. And in part two, that the purpose for God to prosper us is that we would be a blessing, not for selfish reasons, but that we would be able to uh, bless others, extend the kingdom of God, and help souls being saved, and so forth. And then in the third part, we saw the fundamental concept of our finances, really, the principle of stewardship, it, which is that we are actually not the owners of our wealth. We are simply the stewards or the managers of, of God, God's wealth, because actually God is the owner. And he simply entrusts part of it into our care for our blessing and also to use to bless others. And one day we will have to give an account for how we have used his money. And uh, that needs to be the key way that we think about the money that we have. It's not ours just to use as we please, it's God's money. And we have temporary control over it. And so he has the right to tell us how to use it. And if he's given us some instructions on how to use it, we need to follow it and not complain. And uh, so the first step in ordering our finances and moving into God's will for our finances is to acknowledge that he is the source, he's the Lord, he's the owner of our finances and we are managers of his resources. And if we're a good steward, we will find out his instructions, um, what, what he wants done with that money. And God gives many instructions on finances in the word of God and so that's why we need to study that out. And so that, that's the key concept, that it's God's money. And now we're going to see uh, the answer to the question, okay, God is the owner of our money, and we need to honour him uh, and uh, acknowledge him as the Lord of our finances. But how do we do that in practice? And we're going to see today that God reveals in his word a very practical way by which we are to accept and honour him as the Lord over our wealth. This is the principle of first fruits. I believe this is the deepest and a very deep principle, a foundational principle of God's financial instructions. It defines the fundamental way by which we are to honour him as the Lord and the source and the owner of our money. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Honour the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruits of all your produce. You honor the Lord by the first fruits of your produce, your increase, your profit. So then your barns, your accounts, your storehouses will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Praise God. There's a great blessing if we honor the Lord with our first fruits. We here learn that there is a first fruits. That is the first part of our income. The first part, not the second, not the third. The first part of our income that in some special way belongs to the Lord. And when we give it to him, we are honouring him, him as the Lord of our finances. Actually, by giving God the first fruits, that's how we actually acknowledge that everything we have is his. That he's the Lord over all our finances. You see, it, that portion that is the first fruits, the first portion of our finances represents all our finances. And when we give God that, 
we honour him. We are not to touch the first fruits because it belongs to him. And uh, all our money, of course, belongs to him, but he allows to, us to keep much of it for our, for our use. But he asks us directly to give him the first portion as the representation of all of it. And so when we do that, we offer it to God, we are putting not just the first fruits into our hands, we're putting all our finances into his hands. And that brings all our finances under his lordship and his blessing. That releases his blessing then on all our finances, causing our bonds to be overflowing. And so we honor God. We put him first in our finances by giving him the first fruits, the first part of our income. So in our financial planning, whatever money we receive, we must make sure that the first part is for the Lord. That's before we give taxes to the government, before we spend money on our meals and other stuff. Why? Because it's God's money. So he must have the first portion of it. We don't, in other words, we do, do not give God what's left after we've spent it on everything else. That would then be the last fruits. That's tipping God. That is not honoring God. We are to give him the first fruits. And uh, we must do it in the way that he ordains. Um, the first fruits must not be used for ourselves. Uh, this is the first step of financial obedience. And um, we do it in the way he ordains. It's his money, so only he can tell us what the first fruits is. And uh, I believe that this principle is essential for abiding in God's financial blessing, is to honor God with the first fruits of our increase. Praise God. Well, we're going to see that this is a theme throughout the Word of God, and to violate first fruits is a serious matter, because it is to take and it is to lay hold of and to touch what is God's. In a sense, it's stealing from God, and it's a rejection of His authority if if we do not honor Him with the first fruits, and it means that we come out from under His covenant blessing and protection. Uh, and, th and that makes us vulnerable to the curse that is operating on the earth. What is the first fruits? Well, God is Lord, so in each situation, he must define what the first fruits is. And uh, we're going to see now through the scriptures this principle of the first fruits manifested in many different ways. And we're going to start right at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. And we'll see that each time God defines the first fruits that he expects us, the believers, to give. In the Garden of Eden, of course, you know in Genesis 2, God planted a garden and he put the man there in the garden and he gave and he caused to grow every kind of tree that was pleasant for the sight and good for food. And in there was also the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God put man in that garden, and God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you'll surely die. Now notice, the whole garden was theirs. It was their wealth. They could enjoy it all. He gave them all the trees to eat from, but he also defined that which belonged exclusively to him that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, that was not an evil tree. God created it. 
But that was something that was exclusively for God. It belonged to God alone. And they were not to touch it. Uh, they were not to eat of it. And while that they respected the first fruits and gave that to God, they kept themselves under his authority and blessing because they were honoring his authority over their whole wealth. As soon as they touched the first fruits, that actually was the original sin, wasn't it? That they touched that, they laid hold of that which was God's. And by doing that, they were actually rejecting God's authority over the garden, over their wealth. And that actually then brought the curse on their wealth. And they lost out on that wealth and they were excluded from it. And so we can see how deep this, this principle was. And of course that curse took place. By violating first fruits, they violated, as it were, the covenant they had with God. And that disobedience meant that uh, they were acting as if they were an independent authority, as if the stuff was really their own. And so God's hand of blessing was removed from, from their wealth. And God uh, said, right now the ground is cursed. Now you're going to struggle to survive. Now you're going to work hard just to make it. And it wasn't like that before because of God's blessing. Well, because they broke the law of first fruits, the curse of poverty entered in. And now Adam had to struggle. The second example of this we see with Abel. It seemed he understood this principle. Adam would have taught him. And it seems that God instructed Cain and Abel, uh, through Adam no doubt, to give a first fruits offering every year, blood sacrifice of, of animals. In Genesis 4.3 it says, in the process of time, and literally this is at the end of days, and this means that a certain fixed time in, in a year, it says, it came to pass that both Cain and Abel brought an offering to the Lord. They were, they were required to offer the first fruits. Now Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel brought of the firstborn of the flock and of their flat, fat. And God respected Abel and his offering. And I believe that actually from the story that Abel obeyed God and he gave the first fruits as God told him what the first fruits was. It, and it was the firstborn of his flock. Whereas Cain did not give the first fruits that God ordained. And he made up his own kind of offering according to his own rules and God didn't accept that. And we saw that tragic results came of that too. Then in the time of Noah, in Genesis 9, God gave Noah something that he did not give to Adam and Eve. And that is the right to eat animal flesh for food. This was new. But with this gift, God said, there is something in that animal that you are not to take because it belongs to me. That is the first fruits. He says you can't eat the blood because the life is in the blood and the life belongs to God. And this is the first fruits by which we honor God, not eating the blood. That's, uh, it says in Genesis 9, every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, all that move on the earth, all the fish in the sea are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs, but you shall not eat the flesh with its life. That is its blood. And that's true even today. We are not to eat of that blood because that belongs to God. And it is a sin 
to break that principle. We honor God as the one who truly owns that animal. Verse, then the fourth is Abraham. Abraham gave the first fruits of his spoils to Melchizedek. Genesis 14.20 says, Melchizedek said, Blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. Now in this case, the first fruits was the tithe. He must have been walking by God's instructions, you know, because Abraham did this by faith. It's only recorded in the Bible because it's something of faith that pleased God. And therefore, faith comes by hearing the word. Abraham must have been told to offer up this tithe. This was the first fruits. God had given him a great victory. He had given him great spoils. And the first thing Abraham knew he had to do is give the first fruits. Uh, and Melchizedek said, it's God who's given you the victory. And he tithed. That's the first fruits. Genesis uh, then goes on and says, Abraham said to the king of Solomon, Sodom, I've raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Abraham knew that all his wealth was from God and he honored God by giving him the tithe of all. And that giving the first fruits released greater blessing on Abraham because soon after God turned up and said, don't be afraid, Abraham, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. What you've done here by offering the first fruits qualifies you to move into greater blessing. And so God gave Abraham the instruction to tithe the first fruits. Abraham didn't just make up a number. And, that, and we'll see that the, the tithe now is very often the first fruits as we go through the scripture. And I believe Abraham taught his sons, which is why Jacob later on, when he renews his commitment to God, he vows to, to tithe everything God gives him as a lifestyle. That's in Genesis 28, it says, he says, of all that you give me, Lord, I will surely give a tenth to you. Where did he get that from? He got it from his fathers. And so for the patriarchs, this was not a one-off event. It was a lifestyle of giving the first fruits. Another great example is Israel entering the promised land. Uh, there was a progression, you see. God led Israel out of Egypt, the land of not enough, into the wilderness, which was the land of just enough, and now into the promised land, the land of more than enough. And that's what God is doing for you. He wants to bring you into a promised land of prosperity and abundance. And he was giving the whole land to them, a wonderful land. Deuteronomy 1.8 says, See, I've set the land before you. Go in and possess that land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. And this is a picture of our promised land of blessing and prosperity. And, and he says, the Lord your God's bringing you into a good land uh, of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you'll eat bread without scarcity, in which you'll lack nothing, praise God. But I want you to see that there was a major key for them to successfully inherit this land and live in that land. And that was the offering of the first fruits. And in the case of the promised land, the first fruits, God again defined what it was, and it was Jericho. 
because that was the first place that God gave them. And that was to be devoted to the Lord. And they were not therefore allowed to take anything from Jericho and touch anything for themselves because it was the first fruits of the land. Joshua 6:17. the city, God says, and all that's within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. It was to be burnt as a burnt offering to the Lord. Joshua 6:18. keep yourselves from taking the things devoted to destruction. They were forbidden to take any gold or silver. That had to go into the Lord's treasury. They were forbidden from taking any grain. And that's why it says that they burnt the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and various vessels were put into the treasury of the house of God. That was all right because that was, as it were, given to God, put into the house of God. And, uh, but everything else was burnt because it was the first fruits. And so no man was allowed to touch it. Well, this was, we're going to see that that was a, a key. They had to keep their first fruits if they were to progress into their promised land. Um, Israel, you see, was to offer Jericho as the first fruits, to acknowledge his lordship and his ownership. Well, that's why they found a lot of grain in Jericho that was burnt, which was very unusual. Normally, an invading army would eat the grain of the city they capture. Well, you see, when they offered the first fruits of a crop to God, that actually brought the blessing on the whole crop. It guaranteed the future harvest. When Israel offered up Jericho as the first fruits to God, that brought the blessing upon them to have the whole promised land. And until you honor God with the first fruits, you cannot enter into the fullness of God's financial blessing for you. Well, praise God. Joshua then put a curse on anyone who rebuilt Jericho because it was now devoted to God, you see. The first fruits belongs to God alone. So if anyone else tries to lay hold of Jericho and build on it, he comes under a curse because he's trying to take what, what is God's. And that's why Joshua said, it wasn't just that he was in a bad mood, he said, Cursed be the man who, before the Lord, who rises up and build this city, Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, he says. If you're going to touch God's firstfruits, I will touch your firstfruits. And when somebody actually tried to do that in 1 Kings 16, he actually lost his firstborn by trying to build Jericho. See, the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, and obedience starts with offering God the first fruits, then you will eat the fullness of your promised land. Well, due to one man's sin, Israel violated the first fruits. And as a result, they were defeated at the next city they tried to capture, which was Ai. They were unable to make any progress because they came under a curse the curse of violating the first fruits, the curse of breaking their covenant with God. You see, part of their covenant with God is that they were to honor God by giving him the first fruits. And they now violated that in Joshua 7. And they were defeated, and Joshua was in shock. It says in verse 1 the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things, the devoted things. They're called devoted things 
or, and they're accursed in the sense that if you touch them, it brings a curse on you. For Achan took these accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. God got upset. They were defeated at Ai, which should have been an easy one to win. Jericho was the tough one. Ai should have been a walkover, and then they get defeated. And Joshua doesn't understand. And he prays, and the Lord says to Joshua, get up, why are you lying on your face? Israel has sinned, don't blame me, he says. Israel has sinned. You're not enjoying your promised land? Well, maybe you're not honoring God with the first fruits. Israel has sinned and they've also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. Breaking, not honoring the first fruits was a breaking of the covenant. Because the first fruits was how they acknowledge God as the senior partner in the covenant. It says, for they have even, even, God is shocked. <laughs> they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen, they've stolen from God and deceived. And they've put it among their own stuff. Therefore, he says, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies. They fled because they become doomed to destruction. Nothing's going to go right. Neither will I be with you anymore, he says, unless you destroy the accursed from among you. They were no longer under God's blessing, you see. And then, it's, then, then God actually tells him, okay, Joshua, we're going to put this right. You're going to get ready, bring all the people before you. And he says, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take this thing away. They had to put, correct this sin before they could come back under the blessing of God. And so the next day, God supernaturally revealed. He picked out which tent it was, which man it was. It was Achan. And Achan confessed and he said, I've sinned. I took a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold wearing, weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent with the silver underneath it. And once that sin was dealt with, and the first fruits fully given to God, they were back under God's lordship and blessing. And they were started to succeed again in possessing their promised land. Then number six, we see that the, under the law of Moses, Israel's tithe was the first fruits. Leviticus 27.30 says, All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy, set apart to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. That's the first fruits. It was the tithe in that case. Then it says, concerning the tithe, it says, the tenth shall be holy to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord, no one else. The controversial issue we'll deal with next time is whether for now, for us, in the New Testament, that whether the first fruits is the tithe or maybe it's something else. We might ask the question, well, if it isn't the tithe, then what is it? <laughs> because God doesn't give any indication of, any, of it being anything else. So the tithe, the first fruits, belong to the Lord. And that's why not, do it, not giving it was considered stealing from the Lord, which is not a good idea. Malachi 3 says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings in the first fruits. That's why he says, you're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So this is very serious business.
Other examples of the first fruits was that all the different harvests they had, they were to offer God the first fruits of the harvest. It says that in Chronicles that the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. The tithe of oxen and sheep, the tithe of holy things and so forth. The first fruits, the tithe of all the harvests were offered to God. Um, and uh, they would bring it to God and they would say, I've brought the first fruits to you. In Deuteronomy 26, the first of the produce of the land was given to God. And there was a feast called the Feast of First Fruits. At the start of the year, the first of the harvest, the barley harvest, was offered up to God. And this was fulfilled by Jesus when he rose from the dead, because Jesus is the first fruits from the dead. Praise God. He is the first resurrected man who is offered up to God. And when God accepted Jesus, our first fruits, he, off, he accepted all of us in him. And that guaranteed the blessing of God on us and our resurrection as well. Another example is that Israel is the first fruits of the nations. Israel was holiness to the Lord, Jeremiah says, the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. A disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Why? Because they're the first fruits. Israel belongs to the Lord. She's holy to the Lord. And therefore, when you touch the first fruits, Israel, what you are doing, you are laying your hands on something that's the Lord. That's why a curse comes on every nation that tries to control or dominate or take of the land of Israel because she is the first fruits. That's why when Pharaoh tried to lay his hands on Israel, a curse came on him because he was trying to lay hand on and destroy God's first fruits. And that's why Pharaoh had his firstborn taken from him because he was touching God's first fruits. God's touched his first fruits. The firstborn animals belong to the Lord and were to be offered to the Lord or redeemed. The firstborn sons were to be redeemed. So the firstborn belonged to God and they had to be redeemed. And there are so many examples of this principle because it's a fundamental principle. The first of your income belongs to the Lord and we, you need to offer it to the Lord and not touch it for yourself. That way you acknowledge God as the Lord of your finances and you give him permission to lay his hands and bless your finances. Keep the first fruits. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. So shall your barns be full. 